We thank you for all that you are doing, for what you are doing in our midst, for what you can do, and what you will do again, what you will do again. Thank you, our Father. 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 We give you all the praise. 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 Thank you. Thank you, our Father. We give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, can you just take a moment to say, to say hi to your neighbor? Hi, neighbor. Good to see you. Happy to see you. Hi, neighbors. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for today. We give Jesus the praise. 
we thank him for his mercy and how he has been helping us. You know, we are in a, in a very, very blessed season. We are, we are privileged to be part of this generation. Uh, it's a great privilege. It's not, it's not a right. It's, a, it's an awesome privilege to see that things are being restored. Uh, in case we don't know, it's a time of restoration. Yes. What is happening today, what is happening in this season, what is happening now, uh, most of us won't, uh, most people won't really see what is going on now until later in the future. In the future is when you really, 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 really know what, that, what is taking place now. Uh, and not that the blessing is not for now, right? The blessing is both for now and for ages to come. Amen. The church is in the season of, of growth. The Lord is adding. If we, if, we, if we can discern, what the Lord is doing is that the Lord is adding to the body. And, and you see, in the, in the nearest future, things that uh, many people are, are seeing and hearing now will be, will be the norm. Because it won't be a strange understanding anymore. But we thank God for what he's doing. And uh, we are in convention season again. Amen. The Lord has been preparing our heart, and I just uh, want to thank God for that. Uh, uh, and, and I know, you know we prayed a bit today. Uh, and actually, the funny thing is, actually, towards the end of the prayer, is when I felt we actually started praying. Yeah. So, you know, we've been praying, but it's as if the prayer should not end. Right? So, um, um, uh, initially, uh, and again, we know we are praying for convention, right? Uh, initially, uh, I was I was hoping sometime next week, right, that we can actually meet and pray. But a couple of things has been happening. I'm not too sure about the logistics of things next week. However, what I'm now saying now is the 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 need to pray. It's in our hands now. What do I mean by that? I, I said I will throw it out there. Do we want to pray? Yeah. Do we want to meet and pray? And I don't think, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but I will say, if you can meet at least, maybe one day. Before I was, I was thinking maybe we'll meet about two to three days, but it might not be uh, feasible due to a few different things that needs to happen. But if we are willing. You can choose a day to pray next week. Amen. And it doesn't matter if we are going for the convention or not. Convention says convention says everybody, every heart needs to be prepared. So I'll leave that with us. Maybe at the end of the meeting I'll ask if you want to pray. Amen. Uh, but one thing is certain is that um, this season, this time is not business as usual. And what I mean by that is, I know we've enjoyed grace. And sometimes when we go to convention, it's the prayer of others that, that helps us, right? You know, we just, we, just, we just move into convention, and, you know. And we know that incense have been offered, right? I know that we are praying too, but, you know, the kind of prayer needed, needed for us to, to move into convention is... Uh, we know that at the, uh, it's not happening at the level at which it should happen. 
but in this season, it's like the Lord is saying, uh, um, guys, um, it's like it's time, it's, time to, it's, time, it's time to wake up, make sure you are praying. Uh, and it's very essential because, I mean, uh, we go, th- I, I know, I mean, like I said, I know we pray, right? But this season is just different. The Lord really, really wants our heart to be in prayer. And we know one thing that prayer does is it creates, it, prayer helps things that is necessary to happen, to happen, for us to receive the Lord as we should. There's one thing Pastor Mika said one day, that, you know, even though during convention prayer, prayer everybody prayed, right, we were blessed. Uh, he said later, you, you still see that, ah, there's still some shortcomings, how that the Lord didn't really come the way he wanted to come. And we would have gone, finished, all of us would be just, ah, I see that revelation, awesome, beautiful, great. But somehow, somehow, we still didn't receive the fullness of the thing that we need to receive. Now, sometimes, or most of the time, we're actually in the place. It's mostly in that area of heart preparation and prayer and posture. And, I mean, it's not that we are saying we have sinned. It's just... It's just I'll say I'll just say it's probably just short, just different different areas of shortcomings. Um, one thing that is clear is that the Lord wants to give clear, clear understanding as to how things should be. Right. Um, there's a lot in this season that we should pay attention that we should pay attention to. And most of the time, it's in a season like this that it's easy to just overlook many, many, many things. But it's not the season to, any, any detail, it's not the season to overlook it. It's not, it's not, it's not the season to just, okay, 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 maybe that's not important. That's not, it's a, it's a season of, of heart, serious heart activity that we should pray and pray. Now, the reason why we should pray is because, number one, we're not sufficient in ourselves. If we, if we know what God wants to bring and how God wants to cr- come, then perhaps we can, okay, we already know how it's going to be, then let's just, let's do it. Uh, it's not like that. No, we're not sufficient. The truth of, is a place of serious meekness. Every, every time men are coming to meet the Lord, it's not a time to assume. It's not a time to assume this is going to happen, we're just going to pray. And it's not a time to, especially in this, it's not a time to assume there's going to be revelation. I'm just waiting for the revelation. Right? Many at times, when, there, when, when think spiritual activities are taking place and you know, revelations are coming, spirit, ah, so much. The funny thing is that in that kind of season, it's still possible not to pick the thing that the heart should pick for blessing, even though it is blessed. Right? But because it's easy. That aspect of serious spiritual. Is it investment in heaven, right? Especially, for example, now, Believer's Convention came by. They said the Lamb is coming. Okay, Jesus came. The Lamb came. You know, wow, so beautiful. But the funny thing is that many hearts might still miss what the Lamb came to do. Why? Okay, so they said that the Lamb came and things were being given. The question would be, okay, what are the things that you and I received? Right? But the thing is that things are given. There is 
of course, where they, are, where, the, where they work is, the investment of the spirit is to get into the heart, into the temple of our heart. That's the main thing that I was seeing. So you now realize that it, for, 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 for that kind of activity to take place, there's a, there's a need for the heart to be engaged, right? Already before the Lord comes. So that when it, if the heart, because that's the, the, the hardest part to get to in a soul is the heart. It's easy to get the mind moving, right? It's very, very easy. To get the mind moving, to get the mind going, that's the easiest part. But see that heart, that's the most difficult part to get moving. The heart doesn't move easily. The heart of a man doesn't move easily. When the Lord is coming, it doesn't, it's, it's, what, is, what is strong to resist God is man's heart. It can't. It can. In a serious, like, in a serious, intense atmosphere of the spirit, the heart can resist God. You just say, um, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about heart that is even, like, you know, you know heart that is, is one and one with death. Just, just a regular unbelieving heart can resist God. The same way a heart that is not born again, you know, unbelievers that are not born again, they preach, they just say, ah, forget that thing. There's no God. It's still a heart that is receiving God in a way. You don't realize that it's not easy to get to the heart. You know, most of the time, most of the time, actually all the time, do you know that to get to the heart of a man, word alone is not enough? Right? To get to the heart, you need the sword of God. Right? You need the sword. And there's a reason for needing the sword, right? Because when you hear the sword, they are, the sword is made up of two things. The spirit and the word. Sword. Spirit word. Right? Those two things is what the sword of, the, of God is made up of. Right? And Hebrew tells us clearly that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. There's a reason why they compared it to a sword. Because they are saying the word of God is the sword of the spirit. So the sword of the spirit is, is comprised of two things, the spirit and the word. So the word of God, which is sharper, is not just word alone. It's not just Bible alone. It is spirit and word. That is the sharpest sword that ever existed. Right? The spirit and the word. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, able to what? Divide, asunder, the what? The, the, is it the soul? No, the, is the spirit, right? The soul and spirit, and then bone and marrow. So, so what they are telling us that the sword, if it can divide and sunder soul and spirit, right? It means that now, you can't separate what you don't have authority over, right? So, for it to be able to divide those two things, separate them, it means that it is powerful enough to touch both the spirit, both the soul, and then the body. So, when, they are, when the Lord is coming, sometimes you can come in, a, if, if you can discern him, most of the time when it comes, 
especially when we are, ah, I've, I've moved, I started moving into the message in a way, but when we are in, a, in, in all the seasons we've been coming through, one of the things you see is that even though there's spirit, but most of the thing, what you see is the word aspect or the revelation aspect. Because, of course, revelation has to come with like, the spirit. It's, it's not without the spirit. But when you now look at when the Lord is getting through to a person, they'll bring the word, then they'll bring the spirit around the word. The spirit around the word is what, is what drives the word into the heart. Right? Because there are seasons where it can be under administration, it can be under a word, it can be under a provision, where when the word is coming, the way it's hitting in the heart is different. Compared to when you are under a word, and what you are, the way it's hitting the heart is more of revelational. It just is giving clarity and understanding. But that's a different operation. There's another operation where the atmosphere, the, the ambience, is, is to set the atmosphere of the spirit in a way for the, for the thing to move into the heart. So most of the time, the Lord can, you know, even when we gather for word, you see how sometimes the atmosphere, the Lord has to prepare the atmosphere where the word will land on. They are preparing a swordish environment. It's such, it's for to get through to people, to hearts. But most importantly, when you now see when the Lord is talking about getting to the heart, they don't just use word alone. They use word and spirit. Even though the word by itself has spirit, right? But you see that they also bring a spirit over the soul. Sometimes when you are, so the things that word, when you talk, 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 it can happen. Just bring spirit atmosphere over that soul and bring, inside the word. You see, you just go easy. But what happened is the, at, is, is the spiritual atmosphere that brings about the installation of the word. So sometimes, even in, in meetings, right, you can see where there will just be so much spirit you won't even know what is happening, but they're actually doing a surgical operation in the heart, such that it is later you then begin to discover, wow, something has happened to me. They've done something to me. I've received something. It will begin to function. It will begin to function. Most of the things that we receive, yeah, most of that, you don't even see it functioning immediately until later. And the way it functions, you know, most of the time, we think, we think the way it might function Right, is that I've received it, then all of a sudden it's, it's working. Some things are like that, but not all things. Some things, when you receive from the Lord, then the, op the, the operation will be that those things that you receive will now begin to instruct. Right? And then as it's instructing, you, just, you come with the, 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 the way of instruction is with, so, is with some clarity and also with some heart posture that it is easy for the soul. Almost as if the soul is ready to, oh, I'm ready to do this, oh wow. Right, that's mostly how it is. I don't know why I'm explaining that, but that's mostly how it is sometimes, most of the time when the world comes. But we are in such a, a season of so much spiritual investment, amen. And one thing that we'll be seeing is, the, is that those operations, right, of spirit and word. You, we are going to see a lot of spirit. That's, that's the thing. And it's not just so that we can get excited. It's what the Lord is doing for you. Is it for a purpose? It's because they, they want to get through to our heart. Amen. They want to get through. Why? 
See, they are pretty much telling us, see, all these things that we have been, you have been learning, they've been teaching you, they've been showing you, some you're able to align with it, uh, some you are not able to. So this is the season to pay attention to growing with measure. Growing in measure. Aligning. And they are giving grace. The grace is the release of spirit. Amen. The grace is the release of spirit over the soul to allow the spirit of the word to move in, to drive in deeper. Is the, is, you see that sword? You know what sword does? Sword opens. And you see, when, this, when the spirit is upon a soul, it opens up the soul. Right? It opens up the soul so that things can... When they use the spirit to create space, hole in the heart, it's so that things can enter easily. Amen. And I want us to, be, to also keep the atmosphere and keep praying. We should keep praying. We should keep the atmosphere. We should, we should, not, we should not take it for granted. Right? Because one of the things I, will not, I notice is you know, when the prayer is going on, it's easy. It's easy to be like, okay, I'll pray, I'll pray. Then when prayer finishes, it's almost, almost like instantly the heart will switch and will begin to do other things. Just begin, begin, begin to. But that's, that's the place of discipline and sensitivity. Where the moment the heart begins to journey, call it back. Come back here. Where are you going? I didn't send you a message. I didn't send you on an errand. Come back. Calm down. Let's pray. Is a is a discipline in the spirit, it's, and it's happening to everybody. Why? Because there are, there are things that will be calling for your attention. Right? The moment the moment it seems awesome when the, the spiritual atmosphere. Once once you step out like this, everything. Because Satan knows what he's doing. Satan is is going to wage war. Why? He doesn't want the soul to arrive where it should, to receive what the Lord wants to bring for it. Right? I don't know. I'm just giving us a little, 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 little nugget here and there. Um, amen. The heart would quickly just shift. But it's a discipline. Almost in a way, I feel the Lord is teaching us how to pray. Again. Almost in a way, I feel the Lord is really, really, okay, you know, you've been praying awesome. Now, learn how to pray again. Why? Because there's some seriousness that the Lord is bringing towards us. And the, th the truth of the matter is that this is how it's going to be moving forward. Yeah. It's not going to be any different. No, in case we are thinking, we'll just do this in this season and just disappear. Sorry, I have news for you. That's not going to happen. This, um, this, this is almost like a new, is, is a new pace that the Lord is setting continuously. Because the, the Lord does not just do this. So that we just do it one time, two times, and then disappear. No. When the Lord is building, he has, so when the Lord is doing something, he has a building, he has a, he has a frame in mind. I Meaning he wants to set things how they should be. So the Lord is going to raise us, posture us towards his things, the way he wants us to start approaching things. Right? Now, uh, you know, most of the time, we, especially, you know, us that, you know, as we are growing in the world, you know, a lot of things get on the side, like, ah, oh, you know, you don't have to pray all the time, you know. Uh, you know, as you are as you are walking, you can pray. Okay, all right. It's it's true. But 
Jesus said, pray without season. Okay, you don't have to. When you say you don't have to pray all the time, then it should be defined. What do you mean? Mean that, you know that, that set time of prayer is what we're actually referring to. But the, the actual thing is, see that prayer is important. Plus that one, plus others. So the Lord, what the Lord wants to raise is a moving prayer. Meaning that as you are going about every moment of your life or your day, you have a posture of prayer. It's easy to move into prayer in and out. You know, we've been talking about these things most of the time, right? And then, you know, we say, I don't know, but the question we ask is, is every time you have the art posture of praying, right? Half of the time, we are, there are other things we are thinking about, right? I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to do that. And there's something wrong in thinking about what we want to do. But the thing is that that is okay, but there's also a posture. No posture is not... A posture means the way you are, you are towards, towards something. Posture is how you are, right? So when you say spiritual posture, of course, in the natural, when we talk about posture, we talk about how someone is standing, right? What's your posture? Oh, he's bent. He's standing. He's straight. The shoulder is bent. Right? When I was going to, to school in, in my secondary school days, I, I had a very, very bad posture. Yes. Because I used to carry big bags with lots of books. So I'm like this. So my back is bent forward. After a while, my mother called me and said, ah, what's wrong? Why are you like this? <laughs> I don't, me, I didn't, I didn't see any problem. Ah. I like this. Then she brought my attention to, you know what? You have to actually be conscious of how you are. So when I'm going to school and I have big bags, I start, I start, I gain, that I gain wisdom, number one, not to carry all my books to school. <laughs> I only take the ones that I need. Put some in my locker. Put some at home. Then when I'm going, make sure you are standing, not bending. So the moment as I'm becoming conscious of that, as I'm going, I will take it the right posture. For, and over, over time, what happened is that the bent posture was corrected. I'm now no longer bending, and I have a straight posture. And what I want to bring out of that is that when you take a posture, it's not immediate, the frame set is over time. It's over time. Which means that this thing of taking a posture in the spirit is an ongoing activity that every soul must be disciplined to take and be positioned towards, right? So it's not, okay, we've, we've done this, you know, we used to do that. No, it's something that is active. It's active, ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. Why am I saying this? I'm saying this because it will be needed. Where I'm, where I'm seeing things go is the Lord really wants to take us further a lot more in journey in things we've known and have been doing. There are some posture we've taken towards the life of God that the Lord is, is showing. The Lord wants to reconfigure that posture yes. in such a way that we can receive measure properly. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think I was giving, I, I think I've given enough tips. Yeah? Is it, I don't know if it's even tips I'm saying, but just to get our heart to 
to see a lot of things that the Lord is doing in this season and things we must apply our heart to. Amen. The truth of the matter is that you can't just badge into the life of God. And the, the scripture makes it clear. You can't just badge into it. They have to give it to you. And there's a manner and way of giving it. And that's what scripture says. Right? And one thing that we should know, see, this thing about knowing God is meekness in a lot of ways. This is not the season to, to assume we know, we know God in any way, shape, or form. I say, assume we know God, we want to trade away what we know. But it's just not to just assume. That's, that's all that is there is. And the posture the posture at which you should approach it. You know, most of the time, we don't, we don't usually think that we think we know God when we are approaching him. The sense we used to approach him somehow has some touch of, I know how God is. I know how God behaves. I know what God will say. So therefore, he will come in a certain way. Our heart doesn't usually see it that way, but if you look deep into the heart, you now realize that sometimes that's just how we are configured. Almost like we have an expectation of how the coming will be. But the thing is that this thing that they're talking about, we've never seen it before. That's where hearts must be leak. Right? If souls would grow spiritually, they must be meek to understand that they've seen this thing. I've never heard of it before. I don't know about it. I should listen and learn about it. And the heart should be positioned to receive the light. Of course, it's not throwing away spiritual and scriptural sense, right? But not, not too dependent on that. I say too dependent, I'm not saying, okay. I, I, I think we understand what I'm saying in the sense that I have to be clear about it because this thing that people will hear that they'll just take it and just run and ah, what do you mean? So what I mean is, you must, you must I mean, the hearts must be, must be, must be disciplined with scripture, Right? However, like Jesus said to Kenneth E. again, because he'll be asking, ah, you said this, show me in the word. Okay, then he will tell, he will tell, one point, so the Lord said to him, ah. it's like this scripture thing is becoming a problem. It's not that I love, because he will ask the Lord, the Lord will give him three, three, three different places in scripture, sometimes, because he will ask for three, sometimes the Lord will give him four. Then the Lord say, ah, it's like, this scripture thing is a problem. Why? There are many things about me you don't know. Because it's always, ah, this, this. Of course, I'm not saying true with scripture sense, right? It's just the heart attitude. Because the, most of the time, the spirit can pick. Right? The spirit can pick truth when it smells it. Is is different when the soul is being brainwashed. You know those those two are not, they are not the same. You know there's what we are always afraid of is being brainwashed and all those kind of things. But the truth of the matter is that if the heart can look at the thing clearly, it can tell. The way brainwashing comes is to be tr to be honest, it's not with spirit. Yeah. One thing I'm, that I see with that is it aligns more with emotions. So, let's say a soul that is longing for God, wanting to know God, has emotions inside. 
Of course, it's the spirit that is bridged over. You know, imagine when the spirit comes, bridges over the heart. Hey, longing for God. There are some emotions attached to it. Right? And then somebody comes and says, okay, this is how you know God. Without taking it too much, thinking about it too much, that word can align with the emotion of wanting to know God. And then the soul will just say, ah, because it's a new something. Ah, this is the, new, this is the truth. No. And most of the time, when you check it, it doesn't come with grace. It doesn't come with with. It doesn't come with, 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 I'll just say with grace. Most of the time, it comes with almost feeling bad that if you are not taking it, you are missing. There are, there are different, different attached feelings that get attached to it, that the soul will be like, no, 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 this is it. It's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's calculated, pre-prepared, and set the heart. Take this. If you don't take it, you're gonna die. No, I'm gonna. You know, I just create. <laughs> I have to create that scenario. If you don't take this, you are going to die. Do you think you know? You don't know anything. This is the thing you should know. That's not how it is. The Lord, the Lord comes and begins by the Spirit. Why am I saying this? Because that's one of the things that helped me during seasons when I began to hear some teachings that were strange. I, I was like, okay, when I began to know God, it was clear, the Spirit of the Lord made it, I was anointed. As I was hearing the message, it was by the anointing. And I can tell from my spirit, this is it. The other one came, the way it's coming, it's not with spirit, but it's sounding true. Right? The first one is true, but with spirit. This one too is sounding true. But lack spirit. Means that one can convince my mind without spirit. And once that convinces your mind, naturally, the way the soul is naturally is it will take the spirit. So once the house believes it, it will believe it by the spirit, by his spirit, and it will be difficult to take away from the soul. But there's a difference. But this one is by the spirit. So we're not saying throw away your mind and throw away. Just listen by the spirit. Pay attention. Not don't pay attention to emotion. Yeah. It's pay attention to the spirit. Yeah. Pay attention to the word. Emotion can lie. Emotion can. But pay attention to the spirit. Let the spirit set the pace. Amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, time has gone. So the Lord has helped us a lot greatly. Um, what I wanted to say, can we, you know what, uh, I'll just quickly read Isaiah 62. I'll start from there. Uh, praise the Lord. So, during, uh, this is where teaching started from, right, concerning uh, Believers Convention. Um, amen. Praise the Lord. I read from verse 11. Praise the Lord. It says, Behold, the Lord hath proclaimed unto the ends of the earth, so end of the world, say ye to the daughter of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, 
His reward is with him and his work before him. Amen. So behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. Amen. Um, praise the Lord. One of the things that it is, that's clear um, in, in this season, this year, like we've been hearing is that the Lord wants to move us both spiritually and conscious, spiritually consciously, right, in our frame to start moving towards developing measures. And when I say measures, it means measures of growth. Praise the Lord. It means what? Measures of growth. I use the word measures of growth, but when I'm, when I'm talking about measure, I'm talking about natures in God. Because what Christians are designed to grow in is in natures. Amen. Amen. Christians are believers all around the globe, all around the world. If you, if you look into scripture and you begin to read the books from Genesis to Revelation, especially when you move into the New Testament, and you see what the, the apostles begin to talk about. And if you see the manner of their life. And towards the end, what they begin to talk about. You realize that actually, if you, if you really look, the scripture was not talking too much about prosperity. Really. Mahatophelma. Even, even in the Old Testament, there were mentions of men prospering. But it was, not, it was never the focus. The Lord focused more on dealings. Right? For example, Abraham, right? That was very rich. The Lord, the Lord did not focus on his riches. The Lord was focusing more on his dealings. Right? That's what the scripture was really, really emphasizing. Right? That when you move into the New Testament, when they are talking about Abraham, they are not talking about his prosperity. They were talking about his dealings. The way the Lord was walking with him and what he came into. Praise the Lord. So clearly, right, what Christians or what the Lord wants, before I say Christians, right, what the Lord wants for men, right, is to give them ways. What kind of way is the way of his being, the way of his life, the manner of his, of his person? There's a way the Lord God is. Right? There's a way God is. That's really, 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 really what he wants to give to men as inheritance. Right? Not money, not cash, not clothes. Right? In short, the scripture didn't talk too much about those things. But the Lord make provision for that in scripture, right, such that but even if you look at it, when the Lord teaches things around, like things like prosperity, cars, money, and things, there are things attached to it. Right? The Lord is not really teaching about money, cars, houses, right, being the best in your profession. The Lord is not teaching that. What the Lord really is teaching is his own things. For example, faith so, for example, how do you get things like riches? It has to come by faith. Those ones 
Because here's the thing. Unbelievers that, doesn't, that know nothing about faith can easily get it. Right? So clearly, if the Lord is teaching men to get it, what the Lord is about, it's not even really about that. It's something else. Meaning that the, what this, the Lord is teaching is the way and manner in which it came. When you look at it later in the body, it is clear because you now see preaching that talks about uh, it's the Lord that gives riches and make God no sorrow. Why? Unbelievers have it, but it's the Lord that gives it without sorrow. The sense they are talking from, really, is the sense of the way it's coming. So, riches in itself is not the, the problem. It's not the fault. What they are talking about is the manner and the way in which it comes. So, when you now check the way it comes to believers, it is never by your own strength, it is by faith. Meaning that what the Lord is teaching is faith. So faith towards him. That one has nothing to do with the natural. It has a lot to do with the spiritual. Now, the question now is what can you purchase with that kind of faith? Right? So that kind of faith, there are things you can purchase for souls in the spirit. It's, it's, they are spiritual things. Why? Every time a soul practices faith. What it's getting is not what the faith brings. Right? What it's getting is the learning of the soul that it can use faith. So every time I use faith, or let me put it this way again, every time a soul uses faith, what, it, what, it's, what the soul is learning is how to connect God. Really. So faith towards God teaches the soul how to connect God in the spirit, how to connect things in the spirit. Okay. So really, is a, is a way back to God. It's not really a way to get things. Why? Because the Lord needs that kind of a heart to be in the soul before it can get it to come to him. Amen. And then later, we then begin to realize that faith towards God is not alone. It's not the only faith that is in scripture. There is faith, other kinds of faith in scripture. You know faith towards God is not God kind of faith. That's a mistake. You know most of the time, we used to think God kind of faith is faith towards God. But God kind of faith is not faith towards God. Because we used to say, oh, the way the Lord said, let there be light, and there was light. You too. When you say, mountain be moved, it's moved. It sounds the same, but it's not the same. Because it is a way that the Lord is teaching. So, when a soul comes and says, mountain, move. It's moved. It's a practice in the soul for the soul to in a way, it's for to be more established in God. To establish a relationship. Why? Because the faith towards God is not God's faith. It's your own. It's for you. Why? Because every time you use it, you have more confidence in God. You have more confidence in talking to God. And then you now have more confidence in fetching things in the spirit. Praise the Lord. So we see here clearly that what the Lord is teaching is not just about things like cars, monies, and things, right? There's what 
There's what is in the heart of God, like I was saying. What is in the heart of God is to give himself to man. And how he's going to transport that is to teach them his ways. Amen. Praise the Lord. So clearly, part of or what the Lord has been trying to teach, has been trying to, to show men right from the beginning, is ways. Praise the Lord. Ways, trans, and the thing about ways, right, is that ways translate to measure. Because ways is spirit. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry, you know, this thing, I have to explain a little bit. Uh, you know, we are, we are, I'm trying, before I said that, you know, I'll see how the Lord would do it, but because it's convention, I don't know when next again we'll meet. Uh, we have to prepare our hearts. So I'm just teaching along that line, right? Um, on a normal day, I'll try, but today I still try to, to, to explain. This day I wanted to go somewhere, but I said, let me come back a bit and explain before I move forward so that there is some insight, right, into... Um, into what I'm talking about regarding ways, right? So right from the beginning, ways, which I'm calling lines and measures, right? Ways has always been the goal, right? Because what the Lord gives to men is measures. Why is that? Because man in the beginning lost measure. Now, when you talk about measure, we have to think about stature, right? Because the scripture tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 that it says, give gifts unto men, right? Apostles, teachers, prophets, says, and then later, and I said, that we might go up, that we might grow, right? Up unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Meaning that Christ has measure. Which has levels which can be full and it can be more. So, in Christ, there are measures. In God, there are measures. So, but they are now telling us in Ephesians that we grow up. On, I'll read it quickly. I think uh, Ephesians chapter 4, I'll read from verse, verse 12, just so that I can establish this a little bit in Scripture. Amen. I know most of us, we already know most of these things, but uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 12. It says, for the perfecting of the saints, so that's what you give gift, evangelists, pastors, prophets, teachers, you know, Apostles, then verse 12 it says, what, what are these offices for? Right? It is for the perfecting of the saints. So clearly, it is not for perfecting unbelievers. Right? Apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, they are not for perfecting unbelievers. So clearly, the scripture is talking about believers. Right? And the Lord will help us because most of the time when we are reading scripture, some, some areas read it as if it's for unbelievers. But the truth of the matter is that the scripture is actually given to believers. The letter was written to believers. So when Paul was talking to the, 
when Paul, Peter, James, John, when they were all writing, they were not writing to unbelievers. They were not writing to people that doesn't have understanding about certain things. They were writing to believers. I think this is a good perspective to know, right, because it will, it will correct some sight, some scripture that we've applied wrongly, some scripture that we've not really thought about too much that is for us. Oh, we actually assume it's for unbelievers. It's actually for us. The scripture was not given for unbelievers. The unbelievers don't know anything about scripture. The letters were all to the church, to the body. Now, that makes sense. So why were they writing letters to the body or to the churches, to believers? One is clear, is, and when you see the, like I was saying, when you see the, the manner in which it was written, it was not for them to have money. It was more for them to grow spiritually. And there's what, and there's what, there's what growing spiritually means. It's not being able to pray and cast out demons. Growing spiritually is not being able to pray for five hours and then say, I, I prayed for five hours today and I saw a vision of the Lord. When you check believers' calibration of things, right? So that's for spiritual believers. Spiritual believers, they will talk about things like that. All spiritual believers or, or mixed spiritual believers, if I call them that, they, they will take this one serious, but they will channel it towards something else. So, you now notice that there's something that believers are always doing. They are channeling all their pursuit of God, what they think about spiritual good, towards something. One is, either if you are the spirit cocoa, the, one, the people that they call spirit cocoa, in short, all of us should be spirit cocoa. So, the ones, they'll say, oh, this one just pray, pray, pray. So, they, they are the ones that they give the statement. Um, you can't be heavily Heavily focused, you can't be too heavily minded and, and earthly useless. Mm -hmm. If they know what earth means, if they know what earthly, being earthly means, they will say, please be heavily minded. Forget, be useless earthly. Now, when believers hear this, like, oh, what do you mean? So, believers should not take places in the, ah, no, 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 believers, and that's, where, that's what lands me into the other believers that believes. That you can be spiritual, but you can also make impact on the earth. What they are doing is they are giving themselves a cause, a hope. And the truth of the matter is that they will come to an end of that. If they, have, if they come to an end of that, they will be the next one. Because after you've achieved something, you're always, okay, okay, what was the next? So what that kind of believer will be looking for is that they will channel all their spiritual growth to achievement on the earth. So, for example, now if you want to become an engineer, you say, ah, as a, as a child of God, I should, be, I should be a good and great engineer. You become an engineer, finish. Then after you become an engineer, what's next? Ha, then you now realize, wait, oh, going to school to become an engineer is not the, I have to now get a job as an engineer. Ha, ah, okay, start looking for a job. Now God, maybe now God now decide to give you dealing at that season, not the, don't find job. Souls can go into problem at that season. Why? Because all their life, I'm supposed to be the best engineer. There's no job. What should I use my life to do? Seeking. Okay, okay, to seek God. Okay, seek God for what? For what? For what? You know some that have the idea that, okay, you don't want to just always love God and they, and they go. Okay, they, they, what should I? What should I? Okay, let me go and serve so that maybe God will answer me. You know, different, different, you see that the way they will channel all their spiritual energy will be towards the natural. They won't really, really think 
or move towards the real focus of what spiritual growth means. And the truth of the matter is that if a soul has not discovered the true reason for spiritual development, it will always be wanting. It will always be lacking. So when they become an engineer finish, he will look for a job. Even let them get a job, they now be, the next, the, okay, now I get the job. What's the next goal? Ah, I think the next goal is to be the best engineer. Or if not the best, the one that is making a lot of money. Why? Because if you are making a lot of money, it's almost like a proof of Christianity and proof for serving God. A testimony. That's the te you know, most of the time we are looking for testimonies. Testimonies about exploit, spiritual exploit. And when they say spiritual exploit, you will not see anything about the encounter God. Even if they say they encounter God, it will be towards things like this. You know, there are Christians that are positioned this way. They don't, they don't, they are not like the other Christians that when they say they encounter God, they say they see God in a vision. They all appear to them and they say, take, you have received grace. So that's the, that's the other side of things. But the book, like I said, you cannot have a mixture of those ones that is spiritually like that and also pursuing the natural. You know, so that they will channel, if the Lord appear to them, maybe towards something that they must do on the earth and different, different, different things. You realize that Christians, don't really know the purpose of being a Christian. They don't really know what they should pursue with all their life. Christians don't really know. They don't have the right direction. I'm not saying that you can't be a doctor. You can't be an engineer. You can't be a lawyer. Like, was it last week I was talking about there's only four professions, right? If you're from Nigeria speci specifically. Doctor, lawyer, uh, engineer, and then the fourth one is disgrace to family. That you can only be any of those <laughs> any of those four, right? But really, if you check the cause, okay, what, what, why should I be spiritual? Why should I, why should I be focused on God? Why should I serve God? There's a reason for that. All your energy shouldn't go into the natural alone. You sure shouldn't even go into the natural. You should go more into the spirit. And then the spirit can direct your energy in the natural. Okay, do this, go for this, learn this. But if the soul is pursuing things, is all that he's going for is pursuing and pursuing things that have nothing to do with God. The truth of the matter is that that's so. Born again, did not go to hell, but when he gets to where God is, that soul will be full of tears. That soul will be full. You know, you know the, the kind of tear there we don't understand, you know why? Because we don't understand how it will feel. But we can get a glimpse of it. Imagine, the, the, the glimpse of it that I want us to see is, imagine souls that have gone to hell. Or our imagination of somebody in hell and being born in fire forever. There's a picture we have of it. Take that same feeling and put it into the feeling of somebody that is feeling that they, they couldn't achieve what they could have achieved spiritually. You now realize that what you call hell is relative where you are. This thing now, you hear people might say, ah, what are you saying? Because what I'm about to say is that you can be in heaven and be feeling hellish. <laughs> be feeling hellish. The kind of torment that is there can be tormenting. Why? You know scripture says this. It says in the last, say those days say there will be gnashing of teeth. And these people that have gnashing of teeth, they are not people in hell. So why is the scripture saying that there will be gnashing of teeth? Because our picture of gnashing of teeth is 
somebody that is burning in hell. You know, you know, for example, for some of us that have seen people that they burnt alive, you know, their, their, their hand is like this, and their teeth is like, like the hand that is called like that's the way the teeth is like, like a tiger. That's the picture of gnashing of teeth that we've seen, right? But gnashing of teeth is more than that. When you get, it, it, it so can be in heaven. And why? All the pleasure, all the things that it has attached its soul to is nowhere to be found. And that is a torment to the soul. Why? Because it couldn't, it couldn't find, the soul couldn't find its place in heaven. It's like, yeah, where am I? What have I done to myself? So it's good. The soul may not go to hell, be in heaven, but still be very, very, very far from God. Very far. Why? The, this, the, how close will be to God in heaven? When I say heaven, please, I'm not talking about this present heaven. Because this present heaven will be rolled away. Not the one that everybody is trying to run to now. It's the one that is coming. Where God currently is. You know God that is in this present heaven is not actually in this present heaven. Why? Because inside of him, inside of, inside of God, inside him is heaven. He's, he's there, he lives there, he's, he's from there. That's his, that's his uh, normal, but it's not strange to the new heaven. It's us that, when they tell us about new heaven, we're just wondering, ah, awesome. It's not new to him. That's where it's coming from. So the Lord is trying to get us there. So when we get there, we arrive in the new heaven, then we'll be wondering, what, where, where am I? And the truth of the matter is that it's not even everybody that will be in the new heaven. Right? Because we have a new heaven and a new earth. It's not everybody that will cross over to the new heaven. So when people are talking about heaven, they should, we should ask the question, which heaven are you talking about? Are you talking about the world to come and the earth of it? Or are you talking about the world to come and its heaven? Oh, if you are talking about heaven of the world to come, sorry. You, just getting born again is not enough qualification to get there. Or if you think it's not, then we should ask ourselves, who's going to live in the new earth? It's just by get, being born again is enough to get to the new heaven. Please, who are the people that will live in the new earth? Are they going to be unbelievers? Because like we know, unbelievers are, you know, they have their place. <laughs> Lake and all those kind of things. So, where we, so who will be living on the earth? And one thing that the scripture tells us in the book of Revelation, clearly, is that those that will be in the new uh, it will take their glory to the heavens to come. So the kings of the earth will bring their glory. Who are the kings? Like those things, you know, some of, there's some things, so many things we assumed in scripture. And that's the plague, right, that has plagued us spiritually. Just assume many things. Everything in scripture, there's what it means. That's one thing I, want, I wanted to say. Kai, time has gone. Everything in scripture, there's what it means. And because that's what it means, people should not just assume this is what it is. And this, there are all these, the people that wrote this scripture, they didn't, imagine somebody that decided to tell you, now, now abided faith, hope, and charity. Okay. What is that? What does that mean? That's what it means. And so must be make enough that when they, when they see things in lined up like that, it is able to pick it and say, oh, Okay, what does the okay? Okay, so this is what this means. Why am I saying this? If a soul is hearing all those kind of things, okay, righteousness means this, growing means this, 
Faith means this. Hope means charity means this. But didn't take it. What takes the idea of it? The truth of the matter is that those things won't be lined up in that soul. But the soul will be aware of all these things. Okay. This will line. Okay, faith. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What, what are they trying to say with the idea of faith? Hope and Okay, this is the idea. Okay, okay. Because that is the easiest. No, I, I know souls that all they do, right, is they go and listen to messages. I want to listen to different, 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 different people. So because they believe that they can take care, take care, take care, take care, take care, uh, because nobody, nobody should, nobody should know all, you know. So you know, take care, take care, take care, take care, take care, and then um, I'm growing spiritually. We are all brothers. Yes, we are all brothers. But calm down. There are things spiritually, order spiritually. Now, when, why, why, if we are all this, well, okay, this one is, maybe this one is, far, is too far-fetched, right? Because I'm going to use Jesus as an example, but we know Jesus is unique. There could be an argument from that angle. But I want to broke it. Let me not, okay, let me not use Jesus now. Let me not use somebody like Paul. Okay, let's just use Paul. Imagine all, we know that Peter, James, and John, right, they were close disciples of Jesus, right? And imagine, when Jesus left, you would have thought that he would give them something special. All the apostles of the Lamb, they have something special. Okay. But why didn't they have the message Paul have? Right? Because after all, all of them have what they have. Okay. If it's just about uh, everybody has their own thing. It's not about, okay. So why, why is it that it's when, it's when Paul came that they have access into the Gentiles? Paul's ministry is not just to the Gentiles alone. It's both to the Jews and Gentiles. Right? So why is it that when he came was when there was access to the Gentiles? Because the Lord does not just want to save Jews. He wants to save both Jews and Gentiles. Meaning that both Jews and Gentiles, there's what they have as destiny in God. If not because of that, you and I won't be able to say we are Christians today. So why did Paul have such a ministry? But the ministry committed into, the, into Paul's hand is the ministry of revealing Christ. It says, God who has chosen to reveal his son in me. It's not in everybody that the son was revealed in. It was revealed in Paul. Paul, when he now began to teach, even, even the apostles, they recognized, I said, due to the abundance of revelation given to him, that some of his letters were hard to understand. They, they are giving credence to him. So there's what the Lord wants to set, right, in the body. So he used Paul for it. Meaning that God gave specific. Imagine if they don't receive Paul. It means that whatever Paul has, they will never receive the blessing of it if they don't receive him. Imagine if everybody, even Paul knew he couldn't just be anyhow. He had to go to the apostles so that they can give him the right hand of fellowship. So when they perceived the, so when they perceived the grace that was in him, said so they gave him the right hand of fellowship. Means they took him into the fold. He then was when the blessing, right, of Christ began to spread. Right, because before then, what the apostles knew was teaching about Jesus, and the teaching about Jesus was just healing, Holy Ghost baptism, right, healing the sick, raising the dead, all those things, but. They didn't really teach the core that when you now hear them, you know the, the Peter in the book of Acts, 
It's not the same Peter that wrote the book of Peter. There's difference there. And you will see it by... Peter was the one by the beautiful gate, right? <laughs> that healed that lame. Siva and God have I known, but what I have given to thee. That's what he has. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. That's what Peter had. Peter didn't have what they commissioned Paul for. Imagine Peter, no matter with his revelation and everything, then he refuses Paul. means that you will never understand what Paul is bringing. Which all of them now became revelational apostles. Before then, they were not revelational. Until Paul came, that's when all of them became revelational apostles. Because it is Paul that brought the ministry of revelation. Because that's the manner in which Jesus Christ was going to come. Or the son that was to be revealed. Because the son cannot be revealed any other way but by revelation. So the son has to be revealed by revelation. So when they took Paul, then all of them began to see great. Oh! All of them knew Jesus in the flesh. That's why they began, later they began to say, now we know no man after the flesh. Because if they have retained the knowing of Jesus in the flesh, they can never know Christ. Even though they've seen him in the flesh, but they won't know who Christ is. They just see that guy that came, died, you know, resurrected. And what is it? There are things inside of him called measure of the fullness of the... When, when Paul came, that's when he now realized, this man, Jesus, that came is more than just the one that died. There are things in him. There are measures in him. Right? Praise the Lord. Now, what I'm calling measure here, right, is, we can call it life. So, when Paul came, he came by revelation, right? Isaiah, okay, I don't want to, okay. So, perfecting the saints, we read in Ephesians 4, onto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And what I'm explaining before I jumped here is that you have the saints that they are perfecting. So, meaning that the fivefold ministry as a work is to perfect saints, right? They are writing letters to unbelievers, right? Which must, sorry, to believers rather, who are called the saint, that must be perfected. So if saint must be perfected, then what does that mean? It means that faith, sorry, it means that saints must come to the measure of the stature of the fullness unto a perfect man. Because he said, for the perfecting, right, of the saint, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man. So meaning that perfecting the saint is making sure that saints becomes perfect. Later, Paul in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 began to talk to the Hebrews church. He said, leaving all the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us move on to perfection. So that's what perfection is. Imagine souls, Christians, that be wondering all their life, how can I be perfect? When can I be perfect? How can, I, can I ever be perfect? There's the answer. You can move on to perfection. The, truth, the, only, the, the setback is that what you assume is perfection is not what perfection is. No, most believers just, when you take a newborn believer, say, you, are, you, you should be perfect. Then all, all different things come. Begin to see the impossibilities. How? I have shortcomings. Why do I have shortcomings? All these things, I just keep doing it and I can't control over it. It's like, we can never be perfect. Just make sure you are praying to God for forgiveness. 
If it's not possible, why would they say it is scripture? Why would they tell you, move on to perfection? The problem is the sight using to discern perfection. It's not, in a way, it's somehow right but wrong. Perfection talks about, actually, it's wrong in a way. Well, because I'm, I'm trying to see, when you talk about perfection, right? When you talk about perfection, you're talking about Christ. But the truth of the matter is that when you come into the word of God, we now realize that, wait, oh, Christ is not perfect. Perfect Christ is not perfect. <laughs> now, now I like that perfect Jesus is not perfect because there's now in, in, a, in a season of the measure of the fullness. Because now, the, when we say Christ is, the sight, the, the when we say Christ is not perfect, the, the, what you see is Jesus is not perfect. Jesus is perfect. We're talking about a nature that is not perfect. But we also grow in nature to on to perfection. Right? Because they're telling us that we move on to the measure of the stature of the fullness, on to a perfect man. So the truth of the matter is that Christians that say, yeah, they can never be perfect. No, you can be perfect. Just that what your idea of your perfect is that you will never ever see. Right? But that soul, and it's true in a way, because by the time you come to perfection, they would have removed many sins. Just that there will be iniquity left to deal with. So that's the, the perfect crowd that's not perfect has iniquity, which they now have to re- remit, which the times of refreshing needs to handle. That's when they will make what? They will make reconciliation for all sins. Or make, make, uh, they will have what? They will make uh, reconciliation for iniquity. Because iniquity is sin too. That is the difference. So, the perfect Christ is not perfect when it comes to the world of God, where God is dwelling. They will say, because when I say Christ, you have to see men, not just Jesus that died. It's men. Meaning that, the, the, this is what I'm saying earlier, but that the destiny of every believer is not just to have cars, be the best, and make money. You know, you know when you have, like we say, when you have testimonies, you know, the Lord has been so good as a child of God. You can never be backward. Now, you see, I'm 20 years old and I have a, a mansion in, in, in a Dubai. Dubai. Ah! That Dubai one is even, is even is a, is a serious one. I was going to say, is it Williams? Is it, is it Williams? There's, that, there's a place in Winnipeg that is for rich people. Is it Williams? Wellington. Yeah. I, have, I, have, I, have, I have a five-bedroom house in Wellington. And not just that alone. Now, I make good bucks. I can, I can, I can sponsor the gospel. Making it in the natural is not a proof of the spiritual growth. If all you are learning as a child of God is going towards that, souls is not going to move up spiritually. He will be a Christian. She will be a Christian. It's just that that soul will never know God. You will only know Holy Ghost. Of course, we know Holy Ghost is God. But I'm telling you that there is a side of God in the Holy Ghost you will never know. Holy Ghost will still be diligent in getting your things, but you will never. Why? Holy Ghost has a mandate. It's not to answer to needs and money. Holy Ghost has a mandate. It's to move you into perfection. Right? So that 
When you move into perfection, what they call perfection is not without sin. It's not without sin. What they call perfection is a, is a stature in the spirit. Right? What they call perfection is a stature that has moved, that has been reconciled to Adam. Or, but more than Adam. Right? Is a stature that has been reconciled in a way to a state where it can then begin to receive God's things. When we say God's things, we have, we have, we have, see men, God will help us. We have under, is it devalued God so much that when you say everybody just drink parlor. Okay, God is your God, though. I mean, he's your father, you know, he's not far from you. But when we, when we are talking about that person called God, there's a way we just see him as if he's, you know, it's not a big deal. He's a big deal. Yes, sir. He's a, just imagine, 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 imagine. The, the, the person that can't behold sin, when Jesus was on the cross, Jesus was on the cross. He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Okay. They say it's because this, there are many things about that. Partly it's because there was sin laid on him. Okay, if God, God that cannot behold iniquity, I have to look away. Are you now saying that you and I just got born again that we know we have plenty, plenty, plenty things? Are you not saying that we are God's meat? That we can just appear before God and God will just say, My beloved son. Coming to the as even I, like Isaiah that saw the Lord, the, God couldn't talk to me until they purged him. God couldn't. God appeared first thing he saw it was his iniquity. Yay! I am I am a man among I'm unholy. I am undone. I, I like the new. I like the new. The when I heard the word undone, you know, I, I've always interpreted it in English, but when during convention they interpreted it in Yoruba, and it make a whole different meaning. Undone, but, it's, but, it's, but that's what undone means. Yeah. Undone, in, 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 they, they use the word Yoruba. They said undone means you're not fully cooked. Right? Undone means, you know, un, I'm undone. Means be, I'll be like, ah, like, ah I'm done for. Yeah. Uh, my own has finished. But that meaning, wait, oh, I'm not fully cooked. I'm not fully baked. It's a different, it has a different meaning. And it's true. It wasn't fully cooked. They need to take the coal to finish the cooking. It's not fully cooked because where it's officiating, it's not a place where it can be fully cooked. The sanctuary can cook you, but can't cook you fully. You need to move into the most holy for to be fully cooked. Amen. This tells us that there are many things that believers... Honestly, I don't think I have time. There are many things that <laughs> I don't have time today, so I'm just going to say what I want to say, and then Lord will help us, amen. There are many things that believers should learn and should know, right? And it's not just all about what God can do for me, or even what I can do for God in the natural, right? There are many, many things that believers should know. Well, not many. It's one thing. They should, all, all the quests, like we said on, on Saturday last week, is all the quest of man is, this is the old duty to fear God and obey his commandment. We began to move into explaining what that is, right? To fear God, you know, it's not just I'm afraid of the man on the throne. Uh-uh. To fear God and obey his commandment, that's the old duty of man. So, meaning that if the duty of man, I'm not going to spend too much time there because of, of time. If the old duty is to fear God and obey his commandment, then it's not about making money 
or having house, or all those kind of things that, that carnal men think about. It's not, and the proof of Christianity is not that you are rich yeah. in the natural. Yes, That's not a proof of a fulfilled Christian life. If that's the, if that's the goal, then you have, been, you have been given a different hope. It's a different hope. That's not the hope of Scripture. The hope of Scripture is eternal life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let me quickly move to what I was saying so I can join in for that. So we, we clearly see that Christ has a measure, right, onto perfection, right? But perfection is not enough because they need to move that perfect man into fullness, but not just fullness of Christ. They need to move it into fullness of God. So that perfect man is a man that they will now begin to deal with. What they call, what they call, what they call perfect man is, the, is, is a foundation for work to begin. Right? What they call a perfect man is, for, is a work that found, where foundation. A perfect man is a foundation for other things. You know when you lay a foundation, you have to raise something. It's a foundation for other works. So a perfect man, right, is a man that needs somebody else. A perfect man needs the son of God. A perfect man has not yet learned who the son of God is. He does not know who a son of God is yet. But it takes a perfect man to know the son of God. Amen. A perfect man is he that can begin to have some sense concerning the Son of God. Hmm. If a, son, if a man is not made perfect, he can't start thinking about the Son of God. He can't know the Son of God. His sense can't un- capture the understanding. He can't, it's, his, his understanding is not, no matter how solid that soul is in Scripture, no matter how mighty it is in scripture, he does not know the Son of God. The Son of God is a different creature entirely. The Son of God is a different knowing. The Son of God is a, is a different appearance. You can Christ is easy to know. Becoming perfect, well, it's not easy, but you know. <laughs> when, you know when it comes to God, you know what I'm saying? Amen. Uh.
Tai, Mark Tai, Tai, Paytime, Paytopinati, Height, M. Height, M. Tai, all we Halio Fifian. I'm on and me or tea on the air, stuffy all. Um, on hey, me hang me no hang, make I'm home, I'm the hanging. I'm hanging on the air. I'm I'm hanging, I'm hovering. I'm hovering, I'm hovering, I'm hovering over the nations of the earth. I'm hovering, I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, waiting for hearts. I'm waiting for hearts to come into this life. I'm waiting for hearts to come into the sight. I'm waiting for hearts to come in. I'm waiting for hearts to come in so that I may rest. I may rest on this kind of heart. For this kind of hearts are the hearts that I want to rest upon. I want to rest upon a perfect heart. I want to rest upon a perfect mind. I want to rest upon a perfect man. For without perfecting the heart without the perfect sight you can't see me you can't keep me you can't hold me you can't take me you can't have me you can't have me and you won't have me for this is the season i am raising perfect sight i am i am pressuring men into perfection i am pressuring men into this light i am pressuring men to turn to see me i am treasuring men to come to see me i am correcting eyesight i am correcting light. I'm correcting doctrines. I'm correcting understanding so that hearts can begin to comprehend. Hearts can begin to sight me. I can begin to see me. For this is left for my coming. This is left for my coming. This is remaining for my coming. This is holding my coming. For this heart will pull me down. For this sight will pull me down. If all men will rise above the earth. If they will rise above the earth, mm. they will meet me in the air. Yes. They will meet me in the air. They will come my come my kai my kai my 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 vessel. They will carry my 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 person my my person that I might reconcile them with their father. For they need to meet me in the air. They meet meet a meet a meeting a meeting even the meeting even this meeting even this meeting even this meeting even this meeting will you meet me even this meeting will you meet me meet me i'm deposited in depositing i'm i am i am deposited a whole lot on the earth even from the start of this year i have deposited but i am beginning to tie it i'm beginning to tie it together that you will meet me that you will meet with me. You will meet with me even in this meeting. You will meet Amen. with me even in this meeting. Amen. You will meet. You will meet. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, one thing is clear that the Lord wants us to meet him in the air. He wants us 
He wants us to be where he is. But one thing is, you see, to before meeting him in the air, you know he has to appear. Right? So behold, he cometh with cloud, and all shall, I shall see him. Now, if, if you see where the scripture is talking about rapture, right? Is before rapture, is they, they will see the sign of the Son of Man. Right? Where's that? Let's let's read it so that I'm trying to I'm trying to round up now. Now the thing I wanted, I think okay the, the fast forwarded us. Amen. <laughs> so <laughs> Amen. Uh, is that Matthew twenty four? Verse thirty, right? So verse 30 says, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Uh, because of time, on the, if, if, if I start talking about this one, I don't know when we'll live here today. right? Because this itself is another teaching concerning the coming. No, there's been teachings concerning the coming of, of the sun. Now, I don't know if you remember there was, a, there was a time where there was a tongue and interpretation here concerning time. Time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That time, we, you know, we talked about it and then we taught, uh, we taught a little bit about, you know, you know, taking time, you know, be sensitive in time. And, mm -hmm. now, but the truth of the matter is that, me, I know that that was not the, I mean, we were still blessed, but I know there's more to that tongue than than that teaching. So so funny that the next day, they began to teach about that same thing in Ottawa. They were talking about teaching, and then they began to talk about the times that the Lord has put in his power. They're talking about the end time. This end time thing is difficult to understand when souls have not been developed. See, there's a, there's a whole lot, there's a whole lot around the coming of the Lord there's all, a lot, lot around the rap and all those things. In the book of Revelation that we see all doom and gloom. And there are many schools that were teaching about rapture and you know, when the Lord is coming. But without the right sight, you can't interpret that thing accurately. The most accurate interpretation I've seen has come for the word of righteousness. Which it began, because we now began to see that the time that, the Lord, that God looks at in the spirit is actually the soul of man. Or let me put this word, let me use the word, souls. What calibrates time in the spirit are souls. So, it, it makes sense that there are times of angels. Angels have their time. Men, we have our time. Now, the time that we have is calibrated in the soul. Depending on what is happening in the soul of men, that's when you can tell when the Lord is near or when he's when it's still far. And they began to tell us that 
in the last times, you know, most of the time they will be thinking there's one particular date, year, and age that the last time is. The last time is actually talking about the soul. Right? They talk about times. The last time, the first time, seasons of times. Now realize that it's actually times is calibrated by seasons upon soul. There's a time. When you get born again, it's a time in the spirit. When you begin to grow, there are times. Now, before the Lord would come, there's an expected growth on the earth because it's coming to reap the precious fruit of the earth. Meaning that it is coming to reap the precious fruit of the earth. Okay, let me not tangent because that precious is taking me back to perfect. I don't want to go back to perfect. But the truth of the matter is the precious fruit of the earth that is coming for is not those people that are Christians that have, ju- that have just hold on to their faith until Jesus came. No. If you are a child of God, that you are just holding on to your faith but not growing, you won't be reaped as the precious fruit of the earth. Those that are reaped as, as the precious fruit of the earth are those that are perfect. Now, why are they reaping from the earth? It's because they want to move them from the earth to the heavens. The earth that they are reaping from is not our natural earth. To reap the precious fruit of the earth is to reap the precious fruit of the earth of the world to come, to pass them into heaven. So, it's coming in the heaven to come, reap the fruit of the earth, take them to heaven. Which is the same season of the bride, the groom, bridegroom coming to the five virgins. That five are wise, five are foolish, right? The wise ones are the precious fruit that needs to follow the bridegroom into the chamber. And the funny thing about the chamber, you realize that you think that it took them and went out where they are. It didn't go out. It took them into another room. Which when the others, foolish, came, they looked and said, ah, we can't, can we, no, you can't enter anymore. Because they were still, they were seeing where they entered. But they couldn't follow. So, those that were reaped are the precious fruit, are the five wise virgins, right? And they are also those that were waiting for him. They were also those that were beholding his coming. They were, be, they are beholding. Say, behold thy salvation cometh. Now, the salvation that is coming is not an activity. Maybe I will get saved. No. Be, why? Salvation can happen. It's not, that's not a salvation coming. I say, behold, that salvation coming. That is a person coming. A salvation coming is a person. But they are, they are not, you know, the, the thing that makes it clear is see who are they telling it to look at whose salvation is, who, who should behold. They are saying, say to the daughters of Zion, Thy salvation cometh. Of course, we all know daughters of Zion are not unbelievers. If you use the sense we use for, okay, salvation is when you get born again. But salvation is, that means salvation came to an unbeliever. But that's not who salvation comes to. That's the beginning of getting a soul to get where salvation can come to him. Now, I'm not saying that when you hear salvation coming to you, uh, an unbeliever that Salvation is not, that doesn't mean you are going to hell or anything. We need to understand salvation. I'm saying salvation is a person. 
Salvation that is a person is the son that is coming to save. Now, they are not telling us here. I, I, let me just, because of time, I think I'm rushing a bit. It says, and then shall appear the sign of the son of man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. We've seen clearly here that, that they are still telling us that say, all the tribes of the earth mourn. These are mourners that are blessed. Right? So blessed are those that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Right? Because the comforter is coming. And the comforter is the salvation that is coming. Right? So behold, thy salvation cometh. Now says, shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man. Because the mourning attitude is required for the Son of Man to come. If souls are not mourning for him, he won't come. So, you now realize that they have to develop souls to a point where they can mourn. That's the, so that is also a time in soul. So, like Ecclesiastes will tell us, there is time for everything on the earth. A time to mourn, a time to rejoice. There are different times in the spirit. Now, this is a time to mourn. So when they mourn, then what will happen? Then the sign of the Son of Man shall appear. Right? In the clouds of heaven. Why? Because he's going to stay in the air. He, why? Because he's an heavenly being. He's only appearing to reap to heaven. Right? He wants to reap earthly souls to heavenly souls. When I say earthly, I'm not saying canal, you know. This earthly soul is more powerful than most. Earthly soul, I'm talking about the world to come. By, and how do you get to that? Is by development, spiritual development, growth, spiritually. A soul can be developed into a time where they can move from earthly habitation in the spirit, in Christ, into a heavenly habitation, in the Son of Man or the Son of God. Amen. And they're saying that, and it comes and in the heavens, it says it's going to come with power and great glory. They're talking about his person. It's coming with power and great glory. It has to come with glory because it's a glory being. Amen. Thomas, let me move forward. And then, and he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds of the heavens. From, from, from four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Right? So they're not talking about, see this, he sent angels, son of a trumpet, then they are going to reap. Right? So now learn a parable of the you know, fig tree, then later, later, then move them to verse 40. Right? So, then shall two be in the field. The one, one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, the one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. This Son of Man that is coming is not, it's not just Jesus. This is the Son of God, right? 
Now they're telling us, we put scriptures together. Say, behold, he cometh. Right? In the clouds. And they're telling us here that his sign shall appear in the clouds of heaven. Right? So he has to come with clouds. So that this is all talking about the appearance of Jesus. Then they began to talk about those that will be taken and those that will later. Meaning that when he appears, he has to reap. Now those that are taken, that's what we call rapture. Right? But what they're saying is that they will be caught up. When one is taken, it will be caught up to him in the air. Right? Now, to be caught up with him in the air, you have, there's one thing that is certain. But that soul must be wise. Right? So one taken, one left. Is it give, it's giving us an insight into the five wise and five foolish, foolish virgins. The five wise virgins, you can see that five were taken. Five were left. But there are, there are, there are things that, that, that determines their, is it takenness to be caught up? One, wisdom. Right? Because the wisdom upon Zion is the wisdom of sanctification like we've learned. Right? And that wisdom must be part of what has raised a soul. That's one. Two, that soul must have what? Oil in their vessel. See, oil must have oil in their vessel. So, you can't just be taken if you're not wise. Part of wisdom is that you must have oil in your vessel. See, one thing I'm, I'm, I'm sensing and smelling is also that, see all these things they're telling us, pray, 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 is for to have oil. It's for to have oil. It's also wisdom. It is wisdom to pray for, for the sun to, to, to appear, right? And for us to be cut up. So one thing is clear. One thing is clear is that we must have oil in our vessel to be cut up to him. If there is no oil in the vessel, we won't, we won't have, we won't lend the way. Why? Because that oil in the vessel, oil truly is a teacher of way. Wherever you find oil, you find the way. Oil is like water. But different. It's easy. The thing about water is that you can easily clear the pathway of water. The pathway of oil is a lot more difficult. When you even clean it, you still see stains of oil. To get oil out, you have to use a special kind of cleaning, a detergent to remove. It means that it's not something that is easily, meaning that oil in the vessel is not something that can, it's a waste that can't be easily taken. And also, it's to ensure that ways are taught to souls. When souls have oil, is, is a, it's like an installation of ways, right? And those that have oil are those that have grace to behold the coming of the sun. They are those that have grace to behold the salvation that is coming, right? Isaiah is telling us that I'm trying to quickly switch between to be honest, what I intended to say today is not, or part of what I wanted to say today. I thought I would reach it, but they've moved us into a different, and we have to yield. Amen. So the the thing that is clear here is we must, we must one thing that is certain is we must all have oil in our vessel. We, we, we can't go to convention without oil. 
You can't. Every blessing, oil must be involved. Spirit must be involved. Spirit is, is an important ingredient. We must have oil in our vessel. Oil of wisdom. No, when you say oil in the vessel, there are, like, there are, there are many things to that. Right? But in the course of time, I'm not going to. But one thing is clear. Oil is spirit. In their vessel. So it's not oil outside. It's actually oil inside. The vessel we are talking about is you. The vessel they are talking about is you. So souls must have, a soul with oil in their vessel are souls that have learnt ways. They have learnt ways. They have profit with spirit. When I say spirit, is the one that only, the spirit that Holy Ghost gives. You know spirit is what they used to, to raise souls. <laughs> when, you have, when you have that spirit, the spirit with small letter S, that spirit is, is a building, is a frame. Is when souls receive spirit, is it's receiving uh, it's not just not just material, is is receiving things for for framing, for building, material plus the construction. That's what spirit is. Spirit is for raising, meaning that souls will grow in stature of the spirit by the spirit, right? To receive is a is a growth unto, unto perfection, unto fullness. Fullness. But one thing is clear, that if you are going to be blessed, I'm, I, I wanted to read what time has gone, I don't know, whenever I'm rushing like that, you know, I'll just slow down for like two minutes. Amen. So, Isaiah, where are you? That's what we are reading just now. Amen. Okay, I found it here. It says, uh, verse 62, verse 11. It says, Behold, the Lord that proclaimed unto the, unto the ends of the world, said ye to the daughters of Zion, Behold, thy salvation cometh. Behold, his reward is with him, and his works before him. So, they say that salvation cometh. That's Christ coming, right? His reward is with him, and his work is before him. So, meaning that, of course, those that would receive the reward of the Son must first see the work that is before him. Amen. But what they are not paying our attention to is the aspect of beholding. Is to behold, right? Behold, thy salvation cometh. Is to behold. Means that souls that are not beholding may not be taken means to, to be taken, you have to be beholding the Son. To behold thy salvation comment. Behold his reward. So beholding is not just a look. Beholding is for one thing. It's for to capture. Right? When you say you are beholding, is is this all the inward part is working to capture the image to behold is 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 beholding is gazing 
not just not just gazing is to behold is to stu- to behold is gaze study look watch like they tell this that they're telling those that would see the sun say watch be ready watch you see they're telling them to watch so if, if if a thief is coming right if a group of the house are known in what in what watch you know when you say what watch means in what there's, a, there's watching hours so in what they're talking, talking about time too in what watch the thief will come he would have watched but it's not thief that is coming this time around it is the sun so it means that for us to capture this it means it's almost possible that even in the time of his appearing when it appears many may not be able to follow him why number one it, it comes in the speed with which it will come right they, they were telling us that the sign is like lightning right so they, they, they thought about think about his sign and you know nothing is fast when the flash is moving up and down, flash, when I say flash, you know, those are watch flash and the guy is running up and down. What you see is lightning. So when the Son of Man is appearing, it's almost like, a, like a, a time to lighten a camera to capture. It's light. So when it's coming, it's possible that you come at with, if I come, boom, and then go. It's those that can capture that will be taken. You know, when you say come maybe we are thinking, maybe we stay there like five hours and everybody will be looking ah that's the sun oh one hour two hour three hour oh wow the son of man is in the cloud the son of man when is in the when he appears in the cloud it's almost like it's it's with it's with the speed of the spirit that he comes with which souls that are watching would have developed if the soul is not watching it he won't develop the speed to capture him. It means that he might miss the time of his coming. Which is why those five foolish virgins, they missed the timing. Why? They couldn't capture the sun when it was coming. That is, what, what, what was the, you know, one thing I was saying to the ladies, is spirit. The five wise ones, they have oil. They have spirit. And of course, anything that has spirit, has speed. The other ones, what happened to them? They ran out of oil. And they did not, and the thing about it is that they didn't just run out of oil, they didn't have extra. But the wise ones have extra in their vessel. Right? Meaning that if we are going to see the Son of Man, we must be we must watch. And in watching, there are things we'll pick. Ways, manner. The manner of his there's a because those that will catch him, capture him will see the manner of his coming. Because they will have manner inside of them. They have ways inside of them. Right? And that is why everyone has been emphasizing ways. What's ways? Measure. Measure. If souls have not been trained with measure, it will be difficult to capture measure when he appears. Now, don't say, don't, now, when I'm saying this, don't look at your shortcomings because now the first day I'll be like, ah, ah, but I've not been doing measure. Mm-mm. Don't look at that. That's not, that's not, that's not what you should be looking at now. Because that, when you look at that, you won't capture him. Actually, that one is a distraction that Satan will be giving you. That is actually the distraction of watching. When you are looking at that, it's Satan that is telling you, don't see the sun. 
don't capture him. When he comes, when you are busy looking at yourself, you won't capture him. When you are busy looking at that, you won't have, you will draw back. When you are looking at that, you won't have grace to continue unto perfection. So don't look at that. What you should be, it's, 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 these things here is the Lord that knows how to how to how to give reward. The thing is the things you are crying about, you don't know whether the Lord has already seen you. Ah, you have overcome this one. But you, you are thinking, oh my God, oh my life. Ah, I've not done, I've not done no. It's not like that. You don't know what they are teaching you in this season. All the things that they're putting inside of you, you don't know how they are lining it up inside of you that will qualify you to see him. You, they say, they are telling us, say, say, you don't know what time. Okay, fine. What's that telling you? You say, don't look at your own time. Your own time is determining. Um, I have done this one, I have done that one. Okay, let's, let's, start, let's add it up. Okay, now I'm at the veil. That's not for you. If you look at that time, you won't know the time is going to come. They are telling you, just keep looking at him. Means just position your heart to see him. What is the answer to that? What is the posture of you to see him? What, what posture must you have is you must be a mourner. You must be a mourner. You must be a terrible mourner in the spirit. Why? Because it's the season of mourning that is, is the season of prayer. Jesus, who, with strong tears, crying and tears, unto him who is able to save him. Means that your, the posture of your heart is to cry for salvation. Let cry for your salvation to come. It's not to start looking at all your CVs. Like resumes. Let's, look, let's learn from Paul and say, I can't all these things done. Those things are not for you to watch. Count them done. What you need to be looking at now is begin to mourn. You can begin to pray for a posture to be a mourner. To just mourn for the sun. Pray when you are a mourner for the sun. You will see him when he appears. Because a mourner is a watcher. What is the time of, when they say the time to watch? When they use the word watch in the scripture, they're talking about time to pray. Jesus said to the disciples, will you not watch with me with one hour? So watching is also praying. In this now, up until the time, what we should be doing? See, have a posture of mourning. Be mourning for the Lord. Mourn for Jesus. When you are mourning, you will see it will be easy to capture him when he appears. You will have the speed. It means that for, for those that are watching, when the Son of Man come quickly, because they said, behold, he cometh quickly. That's the word. The word quick is spirit. Because he said, he is a quickening spirit. And everything that has to do with spirit, right? Amen. <laughs> Amen. Anything that has to do with spirit has, has to do with speed. Imagine the way the soul got born again. So the spirit got born again. Quick, speed, spirit, Christ, speed, quick. So it means that he cometh quickly. It means it's going to be a quick coming. But here's the thing. If you are quick, meaning you have spirit, you are a watcher. What, what can make you a spirit is to be a watcher, a mourner. When Jesus, when he appears, then you would have developed the speed. It's like, it's like uh, when... Uh, I'll use flash again. There's some tricks flash will play. Because it's moving so fast, it will slow many things down. Then that when Jesus is coming quickly, quick and he's going, you will actually see the actual time. 
We won't, it won't be, it won't be like we'll see it. Boom. Ah, this it. No. You actually see it. You'll be like movie too. You will see her disappearing. You see the manner, you see the way. To you, it might be like 10 hours. But to others that are not watching, it might be like split second. And what does that mean? It means that you will have the time to receive his coming, to take his coming, to receive it and take it all in. So what posture must we have today is the posture of a mourner. We have to, and when Pastor Jeff was teaching, that's one of the things I saw. I didn't even know, I didn't plan to teach about mourner. I, 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 I didn't see it. But I, I just picked it somehow. Hey! It's like this thing. Someone will have to develop a mourning posture. And you know, mourning is both a posture and a stature. So say, start, have a stature of a mourner. Let, let, let be blessed with money. If there's something you can pray for, pray for to be a mourner. Lord, make me a mourner for the son. Amen. Are we blessed today? Let's just begin to bless the name of the Lord. Can we begin to pray that the Lord will make us a mourner? Mourner for his mercy. Lord, bless us with the spirit of mourning. To receive Jesus in this season. Lord bless us with heart to mourn and receive you. In the minutes, let's pray quickly. Amazata makari mama kaseka empa pa 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 do sekeri kamakati makari arao shabara makaba gara makaba kata empa pa 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 zema kama empa zema kama kari kubata mani masi empa zama empa zema kahola vasparana masi makahola vasha help my heart to be to mourn for you to receive you to receive you to receive you to receive you in this season. Hey, Makato Veda Moshita, to mourn, uh, to have a posture of mourning, of mourning, of mourning. Oh, that we might be comforted by your appearance. Hey, Sata Makati Moshita Mahara Masita, Zemakata Vana Matamata Makari, Sata Vana. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Hey, my Father, we thank you for today. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace and uh, have you have helped us to, to pray today. And to, 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 be, to be encouraged and to be pushed forward by your mercy. We ask, Father, that the blessing of this atmosphere will follow each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. And that, Father, Lord Jesus, you will install in our heart the attitude of mourning. Even to be positioned for to mourn in this season. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer. We give you all the praise. For in Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.